Hello, welcome everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, season one, episode 18, Something Wicked, premiered on April 6, 2006, directed by Whitney Rancic and written by Daniel Knopf. We are Natural, Natural, Natural Friends. 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 We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, they've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean, we're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Remember, spoilers ahead. So guys, I put out another poll and very close in the race. But if season one, Sam and Dean were to arm wrestle, who would win? Sam, Dean, or Bruce? Guys, I got no votes. Uh Not a single vote. (laughs) 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 Which, you know, I guess... Um, but uh, Dean won with 71% versus 29 with Sam. So people are not very confident in Sam and his arm wrestling skills. This week on Supernatural, Sam and Dean investigate a mysterious sickness affecting children in a small town in Wisconsin. When the investigation reveals the culprit to be a striga, Dean has flashbacks to the time he nearly let Sam get got by the very same striga. Using a child as bait, the boys murder the Striga and save all the comatose children. So this episode takes us to Fitchburg, Wisconsin. If you guys had to spell Fitchburg, how would you spell it? I'll go B-U-R-G. Okay. F-I-T-C-H-B-U-R-G. Okay. Greg? Uh, I, would, I would do the same thing. Okay. That's interesting. Um, well, apparently the town itself couldn't decide. I don't know if you guys noticed, but um, whenever... The brothers are traveling into Fitchburg. There's two signs. There's the billboard promoting the town and then also the sign with the population. Um, One is spelled B-U-R-G and the other is B-E-R-G. But at the beginning of the episode, we're hanging out with a little girl and her father. um, And he has a little nickname for her. Bruce, would you ever refer to your daughter as Monkey Puss? (laughs) No. But my dad definitely nicknamed me Monkey. We're halfway oh, that's, there. That's oh, he just didn't add the last part. So that's so okay. weird. No, I definitely had that thought. It's, like, <laughs> it's such a weird name. Like, not even. It's so unnecessarily unique. I guess. Like, I feel like anyone who sees this episode would be like, "I would never call my daughter Monkey Puss." <laughs> Where, like, there are plenty of unique nicknames that you can have in a TV show that that are unique and people don't use them, but they don't immediately think I would never use that name. (laughs) I wonder if like one of the writers or somebody on set had like that nickname for their kid or something. Maybe something like that happening. Maybe. But why? (laughs) I mean, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Just funny sounding. I think for the most part. (laughs) So we got to play my favorite game. I was just about to ask. It's the first time I've played without being told yes. to play. <laughs> it, so dead or divorced. You didn't have a lot of time to play dead or divorced on this episode. You got the that answer pretty quick. quickly. 
but what did you guess? Dad. So just from the child, whatever their line was, is mommy coming home? I just immediately was like, oh, mom's dead and the child doesn't get it. But no, it turns out the mother is just at the hospital with the other comatose daughter. Before she goes to sleep, uh, she says her prayer. That's such a standard like nighttime prayer for kids. I have to like think like how morbid that is because I definitely said that growing up um, and it's like if I die before I wake and it's so weird to think that kids just casually talk about like you know I could die while I'm sleeping like I don't know <laughs> I really like the introduction of the Striga that we get here with initially it's just like the tree outside the window and then you see the hand coming across because that is definitely something that I'm going to guess we've all experienced in our childhood. Definitely. Empty tree outside the window that you swear is something else coming to get you. Uh, we didn't experience it actually coming to get us, fortunately. But yeah. <laughs> we can um, get to the next part. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely universal. And I, I love that effect. I thought they did a really good job with it. Because it really could have just been the tree in a shape of a hand mm-hmm. there for a second. I did really relate to her when she was like, sitting up in her bed just like staring because i definitely remember like waking up in the middle of the night and just being like okay what is that and you're like trying you're like you're half asleep so your like brain isn't fully like on and you're just like okay it's just a mop like you know what i mean (laughs) because you have mops in your bedroom (laughs) (laughs) so sam and dean um we find out got coordinates from their father so it's nice to see that coming back and dad just didn't completely vanish again. Um, but Sam references that he checked LexisNexis. Have you guys ever heard of LexisNexis? No. So it's a real web service that offers like legal research. But <laughs> So one, of course, Sam would be into that. Our law mm. genius. But second, I feel like that's a very deep cut. How many viewers are actually going to see that and know what LexisNexis is by hearing it? Like, I doubt when this was originally aired, like, down the road, nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so weird, but I also appreciate it because then I'm sure anyone who has used it before, it's just a nice little Easter egg for them. (laughs) I do that. (laughs) (laughs) And during this scene... I got the sudden feeling that something was wrong. And I realized that last episode, Hell House, completely forgot Sam's face. It looks great. Oh, it's all healed up. Yeah. It looked real good. It looked great last episode, too. Let's see. How long do we think, ignoring the scarring, how long do we think it would take to heal up even with a scar? Weeks. Weeks. Yeah. Many weeks. Yeah. With stitches. Those things because you probably needed <laughs> stitches. Do you think they first off, Rambo style did it themselves, no hospital? Absolutely. Yeah. And second off, had enough skill that basically they're pra- plastic surgeons and left no scars. <laughs> Maybe that's one of his uh powers that we didn't know about. Maybe he's got a uh, in addition regeneration. To secret dreams and regeneration. Oh, that's good. I have a note that says, Dean, do you have the time? 
Why does it say that? When he's staring at the playground. Oh, that's right. It's a weird yeah. conversation. Why do you find it weird? Just because, like, specifically, like, schools let out at different times all over <laughs> the nation. And to be like, it's 410. There should be kids everywhere. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think my- that's that's fair. Um, I s- still think for what we're going for, it is very observant of Sam. I think we've come to appreciate Sam, the little boy detective. And I think he found himself a nice little clue here. He had the context clue of like at least one girl was there to show that the kids should be like it was a proper time for kids to be there. But there was only the one. So, yeah, I thought it was good detective work. And Dean decides it's his place to go over and talk to the woman alone on the bench with her child and finds out about the sick kids and then just stares at the kid. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that mother has to be feeling some weird vibes from Dean in that situation. She's got her hand on her taser. Let's be honest. (laughs) Mother bears ready to go. (laughs) It was a weird scene. Just in general, um, during this time of the pandemic, I haven't been taking my kids specifically to the playground. Um, just wait, in wait, general. Wait, when you wait, say specific, do you mean you've been taking other kids? You take other kids, but not yours specifically. <laughs> uh, sorry. Just... Maybe? No. Um, but I haven't been taking my kid to the playground. And it was just weird to like think about, like, yeah, because there's this disease that is going on. And I can't take my kid to the playground anymore. So it's kind of like weirdly like spooky because it was like, oh, this is kind of like real life. You don't take your kid to the playground because you don't want them to get sick. Yeah. And it's just a, a neat, I don't know, way to relate. Yeah. What, 13 years later? Bizarre coincidence. Yeah. And it makes the mother hit a little differently whenever she's talking about because it. Because there's like, a sickness <laughs> going around and she still has yeah. a kid at the playground. Um, back to what you were saying, though, I agree about Dean's how awkward it is for him to just walk up and start asking questions about children. Like the only way it could have been worse is if he was just like, so you two are uh, here alone, huh? Just just the two of you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's that uh, it was um, a little weird, but he got the information he was looking for. They do that very well with, I mean, throughout the season. They can talk to any random strangers <laughs> in the beginning of the episode specifically, and they will tell them everything. And so he's just got away with words. How'd you guys feel about Sam's alias? Bikini Inspector. Jerry Kaplan, Bikini Inspector. Yeah, I thought it was a little um, unprofessional there, D. I thought, why risk it? It's pretty funny. That's that's good laugh. Or like, I don't know, I guess for the the less risky way to do that is to give him the one that says bikini inspector and then say, I'm just messing. Here's the real one. I'm like, obviously I'm not dumb enough to make you use this stupid ID. It's a fun throwaway line because it works. Like if it became a thing like, Oh, what? We have to investigate this further. Um, it wouldn't be as, you know, awesome, but because it's just like, this is my ID. Yep. And he puts it back in. The woman's like, okay. <laughs> it just makes it's it, that was a fun scene, and so they're actually pretending to be from the CDC, which is a good idea. 
Not a bad one. They've had worse covers. And they walk by the uh, the creepy old lady for the first time. Definite red herring. <laughs> I vaguely remembered this episode before, but I, I definitely pegged her. I was like, that's a red herring. That's not real. For the listeners, why don't you yeah, let them know what it means? Because <laughs> not everyone <laughs> in the world knows what a red herring is. A red herring is... I don't even know where the term comes from, and I'm not going to take the time to look into it. But it's it's when you're solving a mystery and you have some like suspect that looks perfect for it looks like the culprit like oh this is definitely them it's it's perfect it all matches up and then like later on it turns out like oh that's not true um it was just a red herring and i don't know why it's called that but that's what it's called and if you ever watched a pup named scooby-doo that's why the one guy's name was Red Herring. Fred was always accusing him of doing things because he was the Red Herring. Did you catch the room number for the creepy old lady? Nope. 237. Oh. Yeah, that, that very significant number. We have ourselves another Shining reference. Ah. So in the Shining room, 237 was the room that Jack went into. With the old lady? That, with the old lady. You Perfect. got it. Um, and we see the cross on the wall, the upside down cross, mm-hmm. which in my thought, oh, red herring, it's probably a cross that fell down. Yeah. But later in the episode, we find out that it was twisted up. Well, that's weird. Why did that happen? <laughs> She's like, fix that as if it accidentally happened. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody was messing with her. <laughs> that's what I told myself. She, she claims she requested it multiple times. So maybe somebody was messing with her and that same person is not uh, following her request. What if she's just lonely and did it on purpose? Oh, I'm sad now. No one comes to see her. She said so. (laughs) Because you look evil. (laughs) While the brothers are walking through the halls of the hospital is when I first started to notice this piano I think it was piano music that was happening and it kind of continues throughout the episode. It was just really fun music. This episode. I love, I really it. liked the music this episode. It felt like, cause you said it, it was continuous throughout the, sh- the episode. This episode felt like it was very much a cookie cutter show when it's not fully a cookie cutter. I cannot describe what I'm saying, but the music added to it where it just felt like oh if if you watch this the first time you would assume that that music was in every episode i guess it's a good way right to yeah it. it didn't it didn't feel out of place at all it felt very natural haha um and like it fit but it was very different than what we've experienced before and i think it felt really cool so in this scene we get introduced to our new friend dr heidecker and do you guys just have a thought of, he sounds kind of familiar. The name or the guy? <laughs> oh, the <laughs> I was guy. about to help you transition. <laughs> um, the, oh, the guy, yeah, as soon as I saw him, I was like, hey, who is that? Welcome to our weekly segment where we take a look at some of the guest stars featured in this week's episode of Supernatural. So first up, we're going to talk about our doctor who does as much harm as possible, Dr. Heidecker. Played by Adrian Hugh. Hey, who is that? 
So you might recognize his voice as the voice of Nightcrawler on X-Men the Animated Series. He also played Jean Grey's father in X-Men The Last Stand. Guy likes his X-Men. Bruce, you might know him from a 2009 appearance on the TV show Psych. Greg, you might know him as playing Farmer Putnam, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, or maybe from a season eight episode of Supernatural playing a completely different character. Ah, yes, I remember that. The mom that who leaves her young son at a hotel surrounded by strange men that ask him to lay in bed while they watch with the night vision camera. Joanna, played by Venus Terzo. Hey, that's a cool name. (laughs) Who is that? Oh boy. She's busy. Venus has built up 211 credits since 1987, with a lot of them being voice work. You might have heard her in The New Adventures of He-Man, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, Reboot, Beast Wars. She played uh, Jean Grey in X-Men Evolution. That's right. I think she was only in one episode, but she was there. She was in Death Note. Bruce, you might know her as playing Dr. Schwartz on season six of Arrow. Oh, and she was also on a season 11 episode of Supernatural playing a completely different character. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Hey, Who Is That? If I could provide a public service announcement, you don't catch pneumonia from the cold. You don't catch pneumonia from an open window. You get pneumonia <laughs> from a bacterial or viral infection. The end. Hey, if you don't put a hat on, you're going to get sick. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you dry your hair before you walk out in the cold. I, I wonder if that was intentional at all of like, there's this wives tale out there and that's what people are going to cling on to. Mm. Did we, like, did we ever hear a doctor, the doctor say it? I mean, not that he's reliable, but I don't think so. Or was it always like parents saying, shouldn't have left the window I think it was always parents and siblings. They have to rationalize it some way. So that's like the only way they can do it. We got flashbacks. Yeah, we did. Bruce, what'd you think about the fact that we have flashbacks now? Um, I mean, the flashbacks are cool, but for the most part, I was just really excited that we mentioned Pastor Jim. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) love this guy i love everything about him Uh, if we don't meet pastor jim i'm gonna be really upset (laughs) (laughs) well we have 15 years to do it so let's see what happens um the flashbacks are really cool i i I really enjoyed seeing them as kids i'd be curious to go back and see the like the pilot episode are are they the same kids you know the one this is years (laughs) yeah okay i take that back this this is years later how close they would how close Dean from Pilot, the Dean to this one, looks... Uh, we got hit on the head with some foreshadowing. Bruce, did you notice in our first flashback how John Winchester very specifically teaches Dean that it only takes one mistake? You got that? Did, did you pick up on the fact that we're going we're gonna to come across a mistake in this episode? <laughs> I did not. I was uh, definitely along for the ride, apparently. (laughs) Once again, this might be because I've seen this episode 10 years ago, but it really hit me over the head. I was like, that's foreshadowing. That's going to happen. The whole flashback is triggered by Dean seeing this handprint and recognizing it. So I think we kind of can get from that that something traumatic happened. That's true, yeah. Another important thing about the first flashback, 
Did you guys ever watch Thundercats? <laughs> I think I did and don't remember any of it. Sam loves that. <laughs> he was so into it. So also in this flashback, we, Greg, like you said, we get to see dad starting to impart these rules on Sam and Dean. And we've heard throughout this whole season about how um, their dad's been pretty much grooming them to be hunters since they were children. But it it feels a little different actually seeing it happen to them. And you start to, I think, feel even worse for them and start to like their father a little bit less actually seeing him treat them this way. Leaving them in, for, in the hotel for hours and training them up. Use this shotgun. <laughs> Don't let anybody yeah. in. Shoot first, ask questions later. Um, That's right, got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think as like the scene was going on, they kind of pick, present this like picture of them like working side by side with dad training. Like they're both training to shoot their guns or they're both training to do hand to hand combat with just, you know, this. Um, yes, sir. I will hang out with my dad and learn cool things. But it was neat to see it go back and you're like, OK, yeah, an eight year old learning how to, <laughs> you know, kill a guy is probably not great for their psyche it's just it was definitely a cool look into their childhood yeah you guys bring up a good point where like you said casey when when you first are introduced to this concept of like oh that's kind of a cool backstory like oh i grew up learning to be this hunter real badass and then you see this flashback and you're like oh that's horrifying those poor children (laughs) so yeah dean did not get a childhood whatsoever i mean let alone his mother burning and you know burning down to a house now he is like is taking care of his his brother um i wrote down was it latchkey kid <laughs> i think he's like <laughs> he, he's like the definition of one um it's just uh you really start to feel 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 bad for you know them a little bit from our handprint we learned that the boys are facing a striga Bruce, had you ever heard of a striga before? I've been avoiding saying that word this whole podcast because I haven't. <laughs> I will not be able to pronounce that. <laughs> As stated in the episode, a striga is a vampiric witch in Albanian folklore, often pictured as a woman. And that's why Dean refers to her as a her, even though the doctor is a boy. Unlike in the show, striga are known to suck on the blood of infants in their sleep. They also have the ability to turn into a flying insect, such as a moth or a bee. And after feeding, the striga is said to run off into the woods and regurgitate the baby's blood. A silver coin soaked in this blood and wrapped in a cloth acts as an amulet of protection against any striga. A little life pro tip for you there. A striga can also be trapped inside a church on Easter Sunday by placing a cross made of pig bone at the church's entrance. So, <laughs> if you suspect someone is a striga, just wait for Easter and uh, trap them. I'm really sad that they didn't take more advantage of some of that stuff <laughs> to see it like turn into like a moth and fly away and regurgitate the baby's blood. <laughs> Um, I don't know. 
Uh, they missed a lot of cool stuff going on through this flashback. We find out that this um, that dad previously hunted the Striga in Fort Douglas, still in Wisconsin, so not too far from where they are currently. So it makes sense that it's it's the same thing. Um, so the boys get checked into a new hotel and meet a a little bully boy. Yeah, real jerk. A little, a little jerk. <laughs> Two queens. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, and then we get a really cool advertisement for MasterCard. Don't leave home without it. <laughs> but then we get to see our bully boy, whose name I can't remember. Michael. We get to see the bully boy, Michael, pour some milk. Which apparently is very triggering for me. <laughs> <laughs> no. straight like was it a million thousand yards there thousand yards there yeah straight back to a flashback of sam eating some spaghettios <laughs> it's so cute uh sam did not eat the spaghettios that's right so uh so dean threw them away because that's what you do with food that someone won't eat you just, just throw, throw it away. away yeah so he wanted lucky charms and i could sympathize with dean like okay maybe there's some left but i haven't had a bowl I can sympathize with that. But when you're not going to get your bowl of Lucky Charms and clearly you're hungry, don't throw away the spaghetti. That <laughs> yeah, was definitely out of frustration to an extent, yeah. though. Like, I could, I do stupid stuff like that all the time when I'm upset. I'll, I'd like throw it away and be like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> that was stupid. So we come back from Dean's flashback and find out that the Striga is invulnerable to all weapons devised by God and man, except for when it's feeding. They went back to the hospital, right? And did you get any vibes from the doctor in this scene? Uh, Well, okay. So as they get there, the doctor is leaving. And from the shot and everything, I just was like, clearly the bad guy and i fully remembered like it's the doctor he's the bad guy so i was just curious if you got any vibes from that single shot i really completely missed the doctor being a bad guy but (laughs) um i don't know what happened but i was watching it and when they when he finally brings it up that he was back in that old photo in like what 1897 or something crazy um i was like what like time travel what I, I like i i didn't put it together whatsoever <laughs> until like they were just casually talking about the fact that oh yeah he, he's been doing this for a very long time i'm like oh because he's the <laughs> insert weird name here they really did nothing with that plot yes. i don't understand the point of having it in here at all i'm disappointed because i got so excited because it was a it was going to be a redemption for skin because my biggest complaint with skin was the the immediate reveal of um, what could have been tension. So when Sam identified Dean as being a shapeshifter, it was immediate and it, he immediately punched him out. And I was like, ah, oh, that could have been fun tension. And then in this episode, they're like, oh, it's the doctor. And I'm like, yes, actual tension. Dean is in the room with him right now. They even address it like oh, I would have. I would have shot him up if I had my gun, even though I know it wouldn't have done anything. And I was like, awesome. And that aspect of it is not brought up again at all. Like, yeah, he's disposed of regardless, but I thought they would do something with that that side of it. Nothing. So we see 
Michael and his brother going to sleep and we see the Striga coming to their window. And I just got a thought of it's fine. Little shit deserves it anyway. Mm. But no, then it turned out to be his little brother, which made me sad. <laughs> it took me a second to even realize who it was. I thought it was just another random scene of like, oh, I'm not supposed to know who these people are. So they went to the hospital and then they came back, discovered Michael's brother was taken or whatever. They, they found that out the next morning on returning to the hotel. Were they at the hospital for like six to eight hours with that old woman? <laughs> I was really thrown off by that. I, I don't know. It, it reminded me of bugs with the, the big yeah. time jump. And then Michael's brother, he got got. And it's real emotional. And Dean says, I want it dead. You hear me? And it just landed wrong with me because it's like, I understand he's supposed to be emotional right now, but it also is just like, you guys kill everything you come across. Like it's, it's not like when you say it that way, you sound like a villain trying to kill a hero once and for all. (laughs) Whereas we know you kill everything you see. It's not like Sam doesn't understand you want it dead. And I know he's supposed to be emotional, but it just really landed wrong for me. I don't know. I, I get that it landed weird, but for some reason, when I was watching it, it felt like that was intentional um, because that's not how we usually see Dean. Um, He like lost it for a second and it was like, so maybe that's what they were going for in his acting. Maybe it wasn't just off. Um, But I I actually, I wrote it down specifically. I really liked that. uh, That sentence just because it, it was a very like, oh, this is now he actually like, he's very invested in it at this point. I guess it's, it's quite, human i guess to get emotional and say things that might not necessarily make the fullest sense when you fully think them out our man dean heads off with joanna to the hospital good for him she just lets him in his in his car in her car i mean she doesn't even know the guy he's given her money (laughs) they have a business relationship i get it (laughs) and uh our ever studious Sam heads off to the library and while he's there, he um, finds out that every 15 to 20 years, dozens of kids have fallen into a coma and died. Um, Specifically it's happened in Brockway, Ogdenville and North Haverbrook. Do you guys recognize those names at all? Nope. Brockway sounds familiar. So uh, for any of you who have, seen the Simpsons episode, Marge versus the monorail. <laughs> Those are the names of the cities that have, have received the monorail scam before Springfield and fell into disarray. That's a beautiful Easter egg. Good reference. That's a deep one, though. I'm going to work hard for that. And this is the point where Sam finds out that Dr. Heidecker's been a around time since traveler? at least the 1890s. <laughs> so excited we get time travel we get regeneration it's gonna get crazy and supernatural yeah so they found out that the doctor is the bad guy and again that was that was cool tension where dean is standing next to the doctor as he's being told the doctor is the bad guy there's nothing he can do about it i just wish it was like 
it kind of makes sense that there's not much to do on that end of it because once you kill the Striga, the doctor's gone and everything. But I don't, I, I wanted a little more play on that side. Yeah, I was expecting him to at least like interrogate him a little bit, not like directly, obviously, but like to ask him questions that would g- confirm their suspicion. They just had like a really awkward conversation for a couple seconds. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all that happened. So this is the point where they decide to use Michael as bait. Yeah. What did you guys think of using a child as bait? Because I might have a hot take here. <laughs> it's exactly what I would. <laughs> yes. I don't. I don't think they had any other choice. <laughs> no, this this was it. Let's break out the night vision cameras. Let's get this boy in bed and let's uh, <laughs> let's just watch. It was weird to me that they were so like distraught about doing that, though. Like. Yeah. I was like, there's there's literally no other way, and this doesn't sound that unsafe. <laughs> I don't know. You, I don't think you had to tell the kid. I, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I, no, I think you have to tell the kid because you're setting up cameras in his bedroom. Now, see, because that was the part I mean... that really threw me off, Bruce. I, I do agree. Don't tell the kid. It would have been easy. What, what do you do? I don't know. Like, like watch the... How do you arrange that? Watch the window conspicuously from your Impala. I don't know, but like... Cause not not the camera run all the way inside. They break into houses all the time. So, I think the biggest problem is it has to be exactly when the striga is feeding. Yeah, okay, that's true. That's true. You go in too soon, not gonna work. Mm. Too late. Well, the kid's dead, or I'm sorry, the kid's in a coma. <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, they still screwed it up anyway. Uh Oh, they did. Yeah. But that is a good point. I um. I definitely think you have a striga who cannot be killed unless it's feeding. How is it ever a question of, ah, should we use a kid as bait? Yes, of course you use a kid as bait. <laughs> I think it was when they were arguing about whether or not to use Michael as bait that Dean says, quote, there's no telling how many kids have been hurt because of me. Seven, Dean, seven kids. Because this thing is only active every 15 to 20 years. And this is the next time it was active. We don't know how many it got last time, though. Oh, at the... Okay, between them attempting to hunt it. Okay. I think I think there was a line about how... What, yeah, when Dad went back, the trail was cold. I took that to mean that it didn't do anything else. It just fled. Oh, I just took it to mean as he couldn't find it. Okay. But, well, I mean, and theoretically, like, if they had killed it, then all the kids who were in a coma at that time would have been alive. But all those kids died because they didn't kill it then. Ooh, that's true. Yeah. Dean killed those kids. Oof. Dean killed those kids. <laughs> Dean Winchester, child murderer. That's, I mean, that's also a funny, like, phrasing thing to me of... um not criticizing the line in the show, but I guess criticizing Dean for his phrasing is if that's the case, as, as he's referring to those kids back then, then you didn't hurt those kids, Dean. You killed them. <laughs> there's, there's no telling how many kids have died because of me is more accurate. Um, and we got a flashback again. We figure out how Dean messed up, which is a pretty big mess up, but it's also like you... <laughs> John Winchester, you left your, what, five, six, seven-year-old kid in charge of your three years younger kid. Like, So the flashback shows 
Don Winchester coming in and attempting to save... Well, he does save the day. He unloads a clip into this Striga. And Sam was still asleep. (laughs) John had to wake him up. And I guess you could argue like, oh, it was the effect of the Striga. But like, if that were true, I think it would take more than just a couple of shakes from John. (laughs) So I just really... I thought it was so funny that John had to wake him up after shooting something in the hotel room. Sam's a heavy sleeper. (laughs) (laughs) Can I say little kid Dean holding a shotgun is pretty awesome. It was great. I was just so excited just to see the casually grabs the shotgun from the corner. <laughs> a little slow, though, on the, that trigger, mm-hmm. huh? He's 11, 9. <laughs> I was concerned about what the spread was like on that shotgun. <laughs> Bird shot. <laughs> I mean, he would have got Sam a little bit, right? Sam would have slept through it. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the present day, we see the Striga come into the bedroom. The boy's going to get him. They think they kill him. And next thing you know, Sam is so close to being thrown into a bookshelf. <laughs> so uh, close. When he went down, I was very like, in, in, instantly, I was like, that was too easy. <laughs> I was like, so I'm really glad they kept it going because I would have been very upset if that was like, and it's done. That's, uh, that's how you kill a Stratega. Stratega? Stratega. First, it's not Stratega. <laughs> It's, but, yeah. Striga. Striga. That monster thing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it doesn't die that easily. What did you guys think about the effect on Sam's face whenever it starts sucking out his breath of life? I thought it looked like a Dementor. <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, it was really awesome. I, I loved the, the sunken face look. It was really cool. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with how good they made it look. I was ready for something boat flippy. Even for, because they didn't show the children's faces for that, right? Like, I really right. like the like the simple effect of uh, you can't really see the guy's face. He looks like Palpatine. And like it just like lights up his mouth a bit and like you kind of just get the concept. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, but then, like you said, when they do show Sam, they didn't they didn't screw it up. They did a good job. Go effects team. And then Dean pulls out his Expecto Patronum and lights him up. <laughs> Actually killing him this time. That was a sweet headshot. I don't know. <laughs> this is one of those one of those lines really kind of I, I felt fell a little bit. What did you say? Um Are you okay, little brother? Or something like that. And it just felt like it was uh, too much. Yeah, it felt very pandering, like to just like we're talking about little brothers here, so I'm going to call you my little brother. But it just it didn't land for me. Yeah, I, I think we hit a point in this episode, and I actually know exactly where it was. We hit a point where they started pushing too hard on this whole big brother, little brother connection. Um, It was the moment where after Michael said he wouldn't be the bait, then he comes back and says to Dean, would you do anything for your little brother? <laughs> yeah, I th- I think that's when it lost me. So, if we're talking about that scene, Supernatural got my first tear. What? What? I told you guys <laughs> in the beginning of all this that I cry about stupid stuff. <laughs> um, and he goes, "You said you're a big brother. You do anything for your brother, right?" And he, and Dean just stops and he goes, "Yeah, I would." And I just I don't know. 
I don't know. It got got a little <laughs> little misty there, and I don't I don't know what happened, but uh, I don't know. I enjoyed that dialogue. What happened to me? Just thank you so much for admitting that after Casey just said he hated. It. <laughs> I agree, Casey. I'm sorry, Bruce. Uh, <laughs> it's okay for things like this. Uh, they they have to have a good balance, um, where sometimes they hit the mark and sometimes they miss it, because you do like the analogy of the, sh- the episode like you you appreciate that but then if they hit it too hard you're like ah that's a bit too much but then sometimes it brings out a tear so i guess it works i told you i, <laughs> I was on i was long for the ride on this episode apparently yeah. and they just they reeled me in something that we've touched on before is how does how do people who interact with the brothers during the episode how does that affect the rest of their lives now that they know that their stuff is out there and sam says something about um taking away Michael's innocence and how Sam sometimes wishes he could have that innocence, I believe is what he says. And then Dean um, wishes that Sam could have it too. So in this universe, do you feel like you'd rather know about what all is going on and know that evil is out there or just completely be ignorant of it and just everything's okay? I think I'd rather not know if, if I wasn't like, a hunter or anything and it hopefully wouldn't touch my everyday life then yeah yeah i don't need to know that it could it could <laughs> no, I, I agree because i think in our lives now i can guarantee you there's thousands of things out there that we don't know about and it's it's probably for the best that we don't because then we'd be terrified of everything you know so i i, I agree as well reviews reviews wait can i guess can i guess can i guess please do go ahead oh wait you're gonna give it a six Oh, you're you're real off. Oh, really? This week, I give this episode nine strigas out of ten. What? <laughs> oh, is this pilot? Is this pilot? <laughs> gentlemen? I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. It was more or less a perfect monster of the week episode. The villain was cool and terrifying. The the way of disposing of the villain was interesting in that it's not just, oh, we have the right weapon, let's kill it now. It's, oh, it has to be while it's beating. It was a nice added uh, obstacle to overcome. I had a few questions and complaints that were mostly answered in our conversation about like, oh, it's only seven kids. Why aren't there more on the playground? Like, well, it's, I think it's an illness. Little things like that like have been answered and I don't really have many complaints. And yeah, it's just a really good episode. Oh, also, I forgot to mention this earlier. I really enjoyed the flashback scenes. And I think for some reason, <laughs> they bring back this hint of nostalgia for watching The Pretender, which with its flashback scenes. Yes. <laughs> and specifically that show, too, because lots of shows have flashbacks and off the top of my head. Arrow is another one, but th- for some reason, maybe it's because it's the the age difference of the older actors and the younger kid actors. Um, but it really reminded me of the Pretender, which I love. And um, yeah, nine out of ten. It's a great episode. Uh, Bruce, <laughs> counter. Um, okay, so I wanted to have sort of a reasoning on. I think I'm going to start going a little lower sometimes than I normally would because I think what's happening. So 
uh, I'm going to call it the good show effect. So anytime that I watch a show that I really like, um, whether it's a really good episode or just kind of an okay episode, I usually end up just enjoying it because it's just, it's a fun concept and it's a fun show. Um, and I think I'm starting to get this here where it's like, I'll write down my review before we talk about this. And then have, once we dissect it a little bit more, I'm like, okay, eh, we got to go down a little bit. Um, so I, that's definitely happening. Um, so my, I'm going to try to be a little bit more uh, aggressive with my ratings. This doesn't really reflect it this time, but uh, that's just something I'm going to try to do going forward. forward. Um, that being said, I am going to give it, just to mess with Greg, 6.75 little brothers. <laughs> Why not a six and a half? Because I got that tier. <laughs> what Greg said, th- this is a fun episode. It's a good monster of the week. I'm going to say it. Um, there was humor. Um, oh man, there's an old woman in the hospital. Oh, that's crazy. That, that's, that was a fantastic moment. <laughs> Um, we got, we got we got some action. We got a little shootout at the end. We got a headshot by Dean, um, and the the like you said, the glimpses into the past was a really awesome part of this episode. And I might agree with you that I probably enjoyed the uh, flashbacks just a little bit more. Um, I loved the fact that Dean is now. We see Dean almost protecting Sam's youth during that because Dean has this like horrible horrible upbringing um he's trying to preserve sam the best way he can and that's through lucky charms um (laughs) it's just a fun self-contained episode so 6.75 little brothers so uh, i'll I'll come across the midsection here um seven and a half little bros out of ten um like i said before i very much enjoyed the flashbacks i think the casting for both brothers was pretty good. I liked seeing JDM back um, and the whole idea of seeing just this little hint of backstory for Dean was fun. Greg, I agree. I think this was, it was really cool to see this monster. The effects on it were good. Um, the makeup for it was great, great costume. And it was different than what we've seen before, a different way to kill it. Um, different lore behind it. It wasn't just another ghost. We weren't worried about its bones. But my biggest issue with it, with it was there was literally no point to involving the doctor with this monster. It, I think the Striga got cut, um, got stuck between a well-developed monster and an underdeveloped monster. We're typically used to seeing one or the other. And this one, it was like, let's give him a little little flavor of character, but then not do anything with it. Um, so that that part really bothered me and we just hit too hard on this whole relationship between Dean's a big brother. Michael's a big brother. They both have little brothers. Everyone's a brother. Let's help out our brothers. It, it just, it didn't work for me. Seven and a half out of 10. Next week on supernatural, we're watching season one, episode 19 provenance. A young husband and wife are killed in their home shortly after buying an antique painting of a family portrait from around 1910. This episode did not give us a whole lot to go on as far as predictions go. Listening to your summary for next week, I think we're going to have a similar episode. We're going to have a standalone episode um, with a little bit of information here and there. There might be a secret dream. There might be 
um, you know, his regeneration powers. Uh, <laughs> I know they don't exist. Uh, <laughs> no, they do. But my predictions that I've been holding on to is that in episode 20, we will see dad, which that so that lines up next week will Billy filler. We will see dad the episode afterwards. Something I'm taking away from this episode is I I like to think I don't think it's going to happen this season, but Dean and his dad will have to have a conversation so Dean can feel better about his relationship with his father, because I think at this point there is a lot of um, there's a lot of anger towards the way he was brought up because he had to watch his his brother and not have that childhood that he wishes Sam could have had. Um, so uh, I, I like to think there's there's going to be some resolution on that tension in the future. So guys, remember, put in those reviews. Um, I'm even putting it out there. I said last week or the week before that I would do it in my sexy voice. But if you put in there that you want, I don't know, a pirate accent, a freck French accent, um, I will do my best. You get those reviews in there and I will say them. And for any questions, comments, or smart remarks, <laughs> send them to Natural Friends Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Natural Friends Podcast. Thank you to our fans and our wives for continuous support. If you enjoyed this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thank you for joining us. We are Natural, Natural Friends. investigation reveals the culprit to be a striga dan has dan <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the hell is dan yeah, starring dan <laughs>